everyone. Welcome to the Racing Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Crandall. We're talking about one of my favorite things today, food, with Andrew Combs, the executive chef for Stuart Haas Racing. What a title, what a job, and he is very good at what he does. I can personally attest to that. Andrew and I are going to discuss what it means to be an executive chef for a race team, feeding those men and women on the Xfinity Series and Cup Series side, sponsors and other folks in the garage that want to come over and dig into his dishes. Andrew is going to take us inside what that means, how he got the job, and the seriousness with which he approaches the job. This is uh, more than just laying out sandwiches or hot dogs and hamburgers. Andrew wants to put out complex dishes, really good dishes, pastas and meats and salads. Ugh, it's amazing just talking about it. I love it. We're going to learn all about that, what prep looks like during the week, going into a weekend, making sure those men and women are well-fed, and just, as I said, everything that it means to be an executive chef with a race team. So we're going inside the garage in a little bit different way this week, and I hope you enjoy it. Here is Andrew Combs on the Racing Writers Podcast. All right, Andrew, you were saying that uh, you're out... It's obviously a busy week going into Charlotte. Is it a little busier because it's a home race or is this kind of your typical week of uh, trying to get yourself situated for the next race? No, um, it, believe it or not, I was just explaining this to somebody the other day. Charlotte home races are a lot busier because you kind of live two lives. I'm on the road. I drop my kids off to school Thursday and I'm usually on a plane within two, three hours after that. And I fly home Sunday night and my kids are at the house and, um, you know, my boys live with their mom while I'm out of town and they live with me when I'm in town. It's a great relationship and everything works. But when you're in town, it's still a full blown work weekend, but everybody knows you're in town. So, you know, there's so much more, you know, sporting events, making everything that I miss while I'm on the road. One of them's in marching band. So I try and make these at the game. And then you sometimes tend to forget that you're working. So like today I'm running more errands than I possibly could fit into a day when I probably should be getting ready for the race weekend. So it's mixing it all together. Well, what does a week look like for you? As you said, you're out running errands. I would assume it's probably a lot of what food shopping and just trying to get yourself right situated, make sure you have everything before you leave for the racetrack. Yes. So typically I land on Sunday night and then um, I kind of try and get myself Monday off. Uh, I get up in the morning, take the kids to school. My girlfriend's actually a school teacher, so she's out of the house too. And then that's kind of my day to to recover a little bit because my job's pretty physical. And I kind of try and rest the best that I can. And then take care of the animals, do everything I have to do. Tuesday's my day that I kind of start getting ready for work. I check in with the shop. I go there if there's anything I need to do, you know, if there's anything I need to touch base with, you know, my marketing department on with sponsors and stuff like that. Then I start figuring out my menu and what I'm using. Am I using U.S. Foods that week or Sam's Club or whatever? And then I start getting a menu basically together in my head. Then I start putting a grocery list together at going from there. So, you know, then I place my order and if it's like Sam's Club or U.S. Food, I set it up for a wheel call or when I get it at the track. Wednesday, I finalize everything and get ready to send the order. And then we have a marketing meeting Wednesday. And I listen in. No actual 
you know, which sponsors are coming and push is bringing a ton of people or rush trucking or MVP or Smithfield. So I get a, a kind of a number of all the extra guests I'm going to have. Then I add to my order for what I need and then I send it off. Thursdays I get up, I take my kids to school and then I'm usually heading off to the Charlotte airport. I usually fly out commercial and I land wherever I'm going to be. I go pick up my order. I go to the track. I set up. I make that a full day depending on where I'm at, what time zone I'm in, that kind of stuff. You know, and I start my work week from there. Thursday's set up shopping day, and then Friday's usually Xfinity day. Saturday's Xfinity and Cup, feeding everybody. Sunday's just Cup, and then I'm done. I head home on the team plane. <laughs> it's nice to be able to come home on the team plane after having to fly commercial out there. Let's back up. So is it appropriate to yeah. say personal chef or just chef for Stuart Haas Racing? How would you kind of label yourself? What's the best way to label it? I usually go with the professional title. I say executive chef for Stuart Haas Racing. It suits the title and the company. I want to give them I want it to be the team cook. You know what I mean? I, you know, it gives me some pride also. So it's executive chef Stuart Haas Racing. I like it. Did you have any previous roles in the sport, Andrew, before doing this? Or how does a role like this come about with Stuart Haas? Yeah, so I actually in 2001 through 2004, I was with NASCAR itself, and I was the assistant chef underneath a young lady named Lisa Freeman. And then when she left, I became executive chef for a few years. And then I actually left the sport for a few years because my boys were so little and I wanted to be home to do, you know, coaching and scouts and all the kind of stuff that they needed me for. And um, I bounced around a couple different restaurants, worked at a butcher shop, just kind of fine-tuned and um, figuring out my culinary career myself. And in seven years ago, I got called back on the road by BK Racing. They needed a chef. And because I'd already had experience, my kids are a little bit older, I, I took the opportunity and went back on the road, was there until they shut down. And then I actually, towards the end of BK, was doing some mechanical things. I was doing teardowns on the cars on my days off when I wasn't traveling. And that in turn, when I went to the Starcom racing, I became the underneath mechanic on the double zero car for a full season. And then they, uh, I would do pit support, you know, go over the wall and do tear offs. I'd run fuel, do uh, every, everything that I needed to do out there. And then um, they started the food program again. So I became Starcom chef. And then after, uh, a few years of doing that, you know, COVID came about and we drove, there was a young man named Will Byler that was working with me. And uh, when COVID hit, NASCAR took six weeks off and continued working, but we had to drive to every race. So we've probably drove across the country seven and a half times in two years. And then um, Stuart Haas just kind of was looking to restart their food program. And after a little conversations and a few months of talking, it just came about. That's awesome. I like it. It's so unique, right? It's such a unique thing to do to be like you're and you're right in the middle of the garage and you, you've you got your own nice setup. It's like a mini kitchen in the garage. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's, it's hard to explain to people what it is, but I kind of will say it's a very small version of like an army kitchen, but it's only me. Uh, so, you know, sometimes uh, my girlfriend, Ashley, over the summer, she's a teacher. So she'll come on the road and help me or I'll have friends or family that will help me, but primarily I'm by myself. So I get there every week. My equipment's already there. I set up all my tents. I get everything where it needs to be. I clean, wipe everything, pressure wash if I have to, and get everything set up and then do any prep that's necessary. You know, ice down all the food that I bought. 
and um, make sure equipment's working. So it, it's such a unique position that, you know, you don't realize you become an equipment repairman because if anything breaks down, it's all me, you know, until, until somebody smarter gets there. <laughs> now, once you're all set up, it's race weekend. Are there set times of when these guys want to, guys and girls want to be fed? Or is it just you trying to, again, you have your menu, just trying to figure out what would be the best time to make sure that there's food available. How does that work? So I, I pride myself. There's a couple other kitchens in the garage area and everybody kind of does it their own way. But I pride myself on from when the garage is open, I'm open. Um, even if I don't have my full setup out there, you know, I, I have hot food. I have a full salad bar. I also have snacks and desserts, um, grab and go items. So I make sure I'm primarily ready when the garage opens on race day. If the garage opens at 10, they allow team access in there at nine. And if you look at my kitchen at 901, there's a line of about 60 guys because all the pit guys fly in and they come right to me every time. So it's been kind of an ongoing joke as these guys hit the ground running and come right to the kitchen, which is it used to be stressful. But now it's very flattering because I know they just come right to me first before they do anything. So I pride myself in that and making sure I'm ready for them, which you know means I'm there three hours before they get there to make sure I'm set and ready to go. And the great thing is, as you said, you have a salad bar, you'll have grab and go, but you also will have, this is, you know, these are great meals. It's not like you're just giving them burgers and fries all the time, which there's nothing wrong with that. But from what I've seen, this, this, it's pretty, it gets pretty complex of what you're making out there. Yeah. I, so I have an 11 foot kitchen unit that I, I designed and, and some of the guys at the shop made for me. It has a full blown pit boss smoker on it. I have a commercial flat top and a commercial grill all attached on there. So there's nothing I can't do at the track. I do fresh vegetables every week on the flat top, you know, go out of my way for a big variety. I'm always smoking some sort of meat. And when I say smoking meat, everybody automatically thinks of, oh, he's doing um, pulled pork or something like that. Now I, I smoked fillets in um, Watkins Glen. You know, I smoke eye round roast, whatever I need to do. And I use that smoker as, you know, I turn it into kind of an oven. But then in turn, that means I can cook potatoes. I can cook rice. I can do things that other people can't do. You know, and I always make sure there's a fresh pasta dish out there. These guys are huge on protein. You've seen the pig, guys. They're big fellas. Okay, wait a minute. We got to back up. You designed what you wanted, and it was basically built for you. That is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. Funny, because uh, the guy, John Bernal, that, made it for me he is our tire carrier on the uh, 14 car so everybody at Stuart Haas has some sort of job you know the pit guys all have one guy's in the gear shop one guy's in the fab shop they all have skill sets these guys are racers and they're primarily there to build cars and you know he just got elected to this needed to be fabricated him and I sat down and designed everything we did what I wanted and he had it built within a few weeks and it's fantastic. That's awesome. Now, how does all of that travel after you pack it up and it goes from race to race? Does the team take it? Are you responsible for it? How does that work? No, there's actually a company called Champion okay. and Champion takes everybody's pit boxes and they take, you know, tires and wheels track to track. So there's one truck that takes equipment like kitchen equipment and, you know, other things that people need transported. 
All right. You said there about obviously pasta and, and that's a favorite amongst the team. What's the balance between how much you try to change stuff up, but also sticking with favorites that obviously, you know, everybody's going to want or like. So, and, and once again, anything I say is nothing against the other kitchens. It's just, we all have different styles. I'm really big on trying not to repeat anything. Um, now it's almost impossible because you figure there's 38 race weekends and there's on average, three days per weekend. So 38 times three is how many buffets I have to do. And I really, um, really pride myself on trying not to repeat. So if I do a pasta dish, I, it, it might be spaghetti. It might be shells and Alfredo. I might do a, um, a pancetta pasta. You know, I just go out of my way to what haven't I done? You know, what kind of chicken dish can I do that I haven't done before? And uh, even if it's burgers, if I want to do burgers, I'll do really good bacon cheeseburgers one day where they can build their own or I'll do sliders just to make sure it's not regular old burgers. I don't just do if it's and I'm using simple terms, but if it's hot dogs, one time I'll do hot dogs and the next time it's smoked kielbasa with peppers and onions or it's Italian sausage. It's I try and pick a style of something I want and then I do a different version of it almost every time. I imagine there's also probably diets or certain things that you want to accommodate for all of your guys and girls that are coming by. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, in today's age, you know, there's a lot of keto, things like that. Guys avoid bread, but the pasta does help because of the starches. You know, these pit guys are, are former athletes. They're not just the old mechanics. And, and I think everybody's starting to learn that nowadays that a lot of these pit guys are former NFL players, former baseball players, wrestlers, boxers. Um, we even have swimmers. But um, NASCAR and teams are really going out of their way to find athletes who are successful in college but don't have necessarily an athletic home after their their, col- or their college career is over. So there's a ton of really big athletic men out there that just need good quality diets. It's not beanies and weenies or Vienna sausages anymore. The old sardines and crackers you see pictures of from the guys from way back in the day. Right. Now, obviously you got to keep it in the family, right? There's probably a lot of Smithfield products when it comes to that meat. Yes. Yeah. Smithfield, uh, I have a great relationship with them and we actually have four deep freezers at the shop. And whenever I'm ready, I, I place an order with Smithfield and they they send an actual tractor trailer out and we just load it up and it lasts me a couple months. So I go down to the shop and I just load up what I need to. We have some really good Yeti coolers at last. I'll head down there like a Wednesday and load it on the truck. And then when I get there Thursday, they're there Thursday night or Friday morning and I just unload it. So as you said, most of it, it's going to be a three-day weekend. You've got your crew guys, your team guys, sponsor guests that come by. Is there a, a way to estimate maybe how many people you might feed on any given weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah. So with the road guys, there are about 15 people that show up with the team on Friday and Saturday. So we'll, we'll just say it's cup and they're there on Friday and Saturday. So the road guys are there. There's about 15 guys per team and I have four teams. So right off the bat, we're looking at 30 per day just for those guys. Then I have an ex- I take care of our Xfinity team and one team that we have an alliance with. So that's another 30 people right there. So I'm at 60 on Friday and Saturday. Then, then I start including um, if there's marketing folks there. So you average another 15 in, so we're at like 75. And then when the pit guys show up, that's another five per team. 
So we start averaging around 100. And then when sponsors show up, it could be another 100, 150. So on some Sundays, I feed 250 to 300 people. So starting on Friday to end on Sunday, I average about 400 to 500 people a weekend. There's a lot of camera guys out there, too, that come over and eat with me. I was going to say, so it's probably you have all of your Stuart Haas people and everybody affiliated, but how many times do you get outsiders that come over and want to get some food? Well, we all have our guys. We all have drivers. You know, I've been around drivers for years, and I have ones that will only eat with me. Even if their team is with another kitchen, they'll only eat with me. And then I have guys that um, only eat with other teams because they know or they're friends with the other cook. And, you know, there's no animosity. That's all perfectly fine. but. I tend to have a lot of guys that come over and see what I'm making and they get pretty excited about it. You know, like stuff like the smoked meats and the fresh vegetables and stuff like that really attract them. And, and everybody knows there's a variety in my kitchen. So sometimes I got to get a broom and chase them off, but there's a lot of people that come around. So you've mentioned other chefs, obviously other teams, they have their own versions or their own things that they're doing. Is it almost like a little competition between like do you judge yourself by and look around at what others are doing and how you want to do your thing yeah I do I think the four of them have a competition to get to me but no I'm joking with that but but yeah there are a couple of us out there some of them are uh, independent just pick up random teams one of them is um you know with Hendrix and another one's with Trackhouse so we're all good friends out there but we do watch each other and some like you say, it's some things might be a, a little easier program for them where they their team dictates a little bit of what they do. We want this, this and this. So it's easy to just have a rotating once a month menu that they change out every week or stuff like that. Some of them provide burgers and hot dogs every single day just for the grab and go guys. But like I say, I, I pride myself on being different. I'm also the only one that I, I do have a degree in professional cooking. I went to a culinary school in Baltimore and and I'm the only one that's has the background for it and the paper trail, so to say. So I also want to promote that. And I put myself on another level or, or I hide my, I hold myself to higher standards and that's nothing against anybody else, but it's, it's, I have to challenge myself to be different because when you're out there all the time and you start repeating the stuff, then all of a sudden you're, it, it just becomes like a job. But I, I chase grocery stores. I like to go. I'm a weird guy that likes to see random grocery stores that nobody's ever been to. And I like to go see what they offer and what kind of meats and what kind of produce and what do they have, you know, stuff like that. OK, so you have a degree, as you said, your love of cooking then probably goes way back uh, in your life then of, of something that you developed early on. Yeah. Yeah. My family's been involved in the restaurant business off and on. A weird story. My grandfather my step-grandfather they actually owned the diner in pennsylvania that the original blob was killed in in that movie so they own that little diner so it's always kind of been in my family and um you know some people i didn't know my path and where i was heading and i just always ended up in restaurants and it was always something i excelled at and then eventually i just decided to make it a career I love that. All right. Take us a little bit more inside the garage, Andrew, because as you said, you're right in the heart of it with the teams and right there in the garage. Everybody can see you. There has to be rules, though, right? There has to be NASCAR rules and regulations that even you have to follow. What do you mean? Like, how do I get in and stuff like that? Or what well, am I allowed to do? Yeah. I mean, what it, are there things that you are and aren't allowed to do? Are there policies and procedures that you have to follow? 
no, nobody really messes with the cooks. You know, that's uh, that's that's the old saying: is you keep the cooks happy, don't mess with the guy cooking your food. So, no, we all know NASCAR security very well. We communicate with everything we do, so they they let us in when we need to be there. You know, nobody's supposed to be in the garage two hours before it opens, and I could be there at four in the morning if I want to. So I have a little bit more of an access. Bristol, I was in there while Three Doors Down was doing their sound check in the morning, and I literally had a private Three Doors Down concert set up 30 feet from me while I was cooking. So, um, yeah, there's no real regulations. They they take care of us. Kip Childress takes care of us. We have special official passes. We can drive our cars in. If I have propane or groceries, I can drive them in, drop them off. Just be respectful to the guards and park where you're supposed to park and stuff like that, and they take care of us pretty well. It's probably smart on their part, right? Keep the people that feed you happy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Don't mess with the cook. Now, for folks who are going to be interested in what you're doing, I came across, you have a Facebook page kind of sharing a little bit of your food or what's going on. Just promote that and kind of what the point of of sharing. It's kind of like a blog, I guess you could say. Yeah, it actually started as when I went back on the road. I I realized for my first time with NASCAR that I, I got to meet a ton of unique famous people from anywhere from Darius Rucker to Schwarzenegger to I couldn't even tell you the list goes on but when I left there it was before Facebook really took off and I don't really have a lot of documentation of that so I told myself when I went back on the road I was going to do this little Facebook page and when I met somebody unique or did something unique I was going to put it on there so my kids could eventually go back one day and just kind of scroll through it and look at it and it was kind of like a diary and then as it got a little bit more popular or I was inviting people, I don't know if it was became more popular or I was just harassing people to follow it. But um, so I have enough followers now that I can actually put stuff on there and there's race fans that follow it. And I'll try and put on recipes or like a weird example this weekend. I was with the bass player from Mario Speedwagon. He was with our sponsors. And it's just like you can't explain that to people, you know. So I was like, I'm just going to document this because. Sometimes I'm so busy, I don't even think of it. And, um, you know, I once when I was with NASCAR, I once in New Hampshire, he was there as a guest and I was finishing up what I was doing. And I actually sat and had lunch with John Kerry. They brought him over and he was like, um, you know, I'm here to they're, they're feeding him. And I was like, well, I, I have some food here. And he's like, we sit and eat with me. And it was just him and I sat there and had lunch. And I was like, nobody does that, you know, so. That's why the page kind of got formed. And then now I take it a little bit more serious. I try and put on recipes on there. or We try and show the food that I'm cooking because, you know, I did roasted fingerling potatoes with uh, smoked tenderloin and broccolini over top of it. And it looked really good. So I don't think people realize that you can do that at the track. I wanted people to see it doesn't have to be burgers and hot dogs. It can be, you know, I, I did a, a, a smoked cream corn and bacon with chicken over top of that and zucchini and squash and just, you know, the colors. And so that keeps me going too. it. it you know, I like to take little pictures and, you know, my girlfriend doesn't when she's at the track, she likes to take pictures and put it on there. And, and, um, you know, and it, it gives me a sense of pride too. Well, that goes back to what I said about um, you talking about your dish there of it's it's com- pretty complex meals. It's not, again, always the simplest stuff. So it's cool that you you share that. I also came across a post on there where you said you did some filming recently for the Food Network. What can you share with us about that? Well, so uh, Eric Greenspan is a chef that's doing something at the track. He's he's uh, doing a NASCAR refuel, which is part of the DoorDash ghost kitchens that are going around. So he's creating something where he does a dish at the track and he'll bring people in and do stuff. And uh, 
he did his firecracker hot dog under my kitchen, but he did some cooking stuff with me also. And, um, you know, we're, we're hoping maybe it leads to something. Wouldn't mind. I was asking him, how do you judge on the food network or get on there? And I'm not by no means am I trying to leave what I'm doing because I absolutely love it, but it would be fun to be able to take what I do and the challenges and everything to be able to work outside in the rain and all sorts of weather and the heat and, and, and have such a variety. I would love to be able to go on one of those shows and just show a little bit of what I can do. So we'll see. Right. Cooking in the fast lane is the Facebook page for folks who want to check it out. Andrew, one last thing for you. Let me wrap it up with this. Uh, What's the most fulfilling thing or or what is the most enjoyable thing about what you get to do? Because it's kind of a a, a mixture of both worlds, right? You get the racing, you get the food. So uh, for you, what, I guess, what's the most fulfilling thing on on a race weekend for you of, of what you get to do? Hearing thank you from the guys. That, that honestly is it. And, and knowing that they genuinely mean it, you know, we being at Stuart Haas, it, it's such a great team and a great organization. And we've had two cars in the playoffs and we still have chases in the playoffs right now. And, and everybody's focus is in all sorts of places right now. All th- all four of our cars are trying to win. Riley's in the playoffs in the Xfinity series and everybody is so focused on everything else, but they still take the time to come eat with me. And they know that they're going to get the quality. They know that I care. They know that there's going to be a meal. It's at the point where my guys don't even ask me what I'm making that weekend. They love to come over and see what is it, what's what's the surprise this weekend. And to see how happy they are and to hear them say thank you or, you know, to get off the plane this last Sunday and I was getting in a car and somebody yelled over to me how much they liked something I had that day. And I didn't even, I was so busy, I didn't even realize they ate with me. But they took the time to yell over to me how awesome it was. So. That's probably my most fulfilling is the gratitude. It just, and it makes me want to go do something better the following week. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I know it's a busy week. We are chatting going into the Roval. So as we touched on earlier, it's busy. It's a home race, but uh, I appreciate the time. I'm glad we finally got to do this. And uh, thanks for kind of taking me inside the kitchen, so to speak. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, next time you're at the track, come see me and try some of the food. I'm going to take you up on that for sure. Please do. My thanks again, of course, to Andrew for coming on the podcast, as well as letting me come by his station at the Charlotte Roval and try out the food. It was amazing. And uh, I greatly appreciated not having to eat media center food. So a little behind the scenes there. Andrew uh, did a great job on the podcast. He does a great job in the garage cooking for those men and women. And I appreciate him both coming on the podcast and letting me stop by. And I can guarantee it will not be the last time (laughs) that I do so. I was greatly impressed. Like I said, it's more than hot dogs and hamburgers, which there's nothing wrong with those. But my gosh, what an excellent job he does of coming up with uh, some great dishes. I think I had a salad. I'm a big salad person, so I loved the fresh salad. I think there was a pasta salad, and uh, whatever meat was that day was fantastic. So, and he was hard at work, but I appreciate that. Appreciate him coming on the show and sharing with us another side of the garage. I greatly enjoyed it, and I hope you all learned something and, again, just realized uh, how many different people are in this sport and make it go round. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you do, please leave a rating and review. You can also reach out to me on social media. Go to Twitter. My handle is at Kelly Crandall. Go to Facebook. Make sure you're looking for the public page, allthingsracer.com, and the podcast. You can also go to Instagram, LinkedIn. I am all over the place, and I look forward to your feedback. 
You can also go to Patreon. The show description has that link for you. That's patreon.com forward slash Kelly Crandall. I want to thank Doug Barnett. He's a new patron. Thank you, Doug, for signing up. And I see you've been over there active. I hope you've been enjoying the content. And uh, thank you as well for sending feedback on social media. Doug did that just as you guys can as well. And with that, let's get out of here. Another episode in the books, but have no fear. We've still got some more to go before we close it down for the season. And I will see you next week with another new episode of the Racing Writers Podcast.